This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. All righty. Welcome, everybody. Welcome, all our Torah Anytime viewers. So, so pumped. I'm so pumped. Okay, so we are talking about the four species, the Abba Minim of Sukkot. So, the reason why uh, I actually wanted to do a, just, just a general series on these things, on this type of topic, why do we do what we do? Because people do stuff and they're like, Somebody comes ask you, like, why do you do it? And you're like, I have no idea. I, I literally, like, imagine this. Imagine you're walking down the street, and someone screams at you, hey, Jew. The first thing you should do is just run. Because there's never going to be, like, can you do my taxes? You know, like, it's never going to be, like, something good that comes out of it. But assuming he's a nice gentleman, he says, hey, Jew, I have a question for you. You guys have a holiday coming up, right? And you're like, yeah. Uh, so what is it? that you do on this holiday. You should be able to explain it very simply what you do. Imagine this conversation, how it's going to go. Um, yeah, so we, we move out of our houses and we go into this like tent, this hut for like a week, like sort of like camping, I guess you could think of it. Uh, so he's like, oh, so you buy like a tent from like, uh, I don't know, Models, whoever sells tents, I don't know. Uh, uh, and, and he's like, no, no. He says, we have, we have criteria on tent. The walls have to be a certain way, and the, the roof has to be a certain way. Everything has to be exactly the way it's supposed to be. And not only that, and then we, we like bedazzle it. You know, we like throw lights on it, and we put like pictures on it, and then he asks you, why do you do that? Some people might be able to answer, most will be like, uh, this is what we do. This is whatever. This is you know. Why do you have a tree? Stop asking me questions. Uh, you know, like you know, why? So, so we have to know why we do that. But the focus that I want to do today really is the four species. With this, is th- this conversation will go much weirder than anything else. I have I carry my love in a tug like a spear. Like, you know, like a sword. You know, I have like that a crossover thing. So like my love comes out over there. Like at any time I'm like, you know, and I could like, you need to do whatever it is. I'm ready to battle. So like people have asked me this before. It's like, are you carrying a sword? Like, what is that? Um, so I'm like, no, this is a lulav. It's like a day palm. Uh, so again, imagine that same scenario. So what are you doing? So, you know, imagine that, uh, that thing. So we take about these four species. We put them together. So they would ask you these non-Jews, so do you, um, what do you do? You like eat it? Like, no, 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 we don't, we don't eat it. It's like, oh, you decorate your hut with it, right? So like, no, 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 we don't do it. So, so what do you do with it? And then you like, uh, we shake it. And he's like, you do what? He's like, you, so you take these four species, so where do you pick this up? In a grocery store? Like, where do you get all these fruits and vegetables that you're shaking? I know, we have dealers, you know? Um, and then you, if he starts asking about the price, forget about it. He's going to go crazy. He's like, what? So you have a lemon, this this stick, and a few like uh, salad dressing things on the side over here, and you're going to go and you're going to shake all this. And uh, so so what is this going to cost you? So he says, oh, the lemon, depending. If you get a good one, it's like $100, you know, maybe, a, you know, 200 We just heard about 1000 apparently. So uh, you think about this, and you'd be like, what are you doing? And most Jews would be like, what are we doing? Why are we taking these species? What are we doing where we're shaking it? We're putting these all things together. So Bezatashem today, I want to delve a little bit into um, the secrets behind what we do, what we do, and specifically the um, the batamini. So I don't know if the video can see it, but this is a class that you really need to have visual on what I will do. Bezatashem, hopefully, maybe after the class, I will take a picture. So if anybody wants it, I could email it or send it. So we have over here the Etwag, the Lulav, the Hadas, and Arabot. Those are the four um, the species that we take uh, together. Now, the Etwag, there is, there is a criteria. This is very famous. Some of these things you've heard before, some of these things you've never heard before. This thing, most people heard for. So the Etwag, there's, there's two criteria. There's, if it has a smell or if it has a taste. The Etwag, you look at it, it has a smell and it has a taste. 
Each thing, a taste and a smell, represents something else. Taste represents Torah, a smell represents good deeds. So the etrog represents something that has Torah and good deeds. The lulav only has taste, no smell. So it represents only the Torah. The hadas only has a smell, that's a myrtle, some people actually use it after by havdalah. So this only has smell, this represents only good deeds. The aravot have nothing, no smell, no taste, and it represents by, by nothing. So, the, each of these also correspond to different, I guess you could say body part, but it's going to be more than that because you're going to soon see, that it atones for the body part. So, the etrog is, represents by the heart, and it atones for everything like the evil thoughts of the heart, which we're going to speak about it. Uh, the spine, you know, let's just go through this first. The etrog represents the heart. The lulav represents the spine. It actually looks like a spine. It's actually tall like that. The hadas is an eye. I really should have brought my set, but if you look at the hadasim, they actually look like, uh, yeah, if you, if you could get a, um, I don't need the etrog. A lulav, I, I don't even need the lulav. I just the etrog and the aravot. The, the, the two sideliners. So, um, the hadas is the eye, and it looks like an eye. If you actually look at the leaf, the leaf looks like an eye. And the avot is the lips. The actual lip, the leaf looks like the lips. And each one of these things are coming to atone for the, uh, for the other one. So, which, which we'll soon see. So the heart comes to atone for, uh, the etal comes to atone for the, to, to atone for the heart, which is represented, which is, which is idolatry. Why is it specifically idolatry? We know that um, the the uh, what it says in in Zechariah, in the end, God's name is going to be one, uh, and He will be one, and His name will be one, which means everybody will know it's it's unity. The etrog is one of the only fruits that when God said, you know, make uh, when God told the the fruits to and the vegetables and everything to the day, by the creation to rise to, to that. What, how do you say? It's pri or sepri. The fruit and the bark was supposed to taste the same. The, the etrog actually does that. The bark actually smells and tastes like the etrog. So it's the, it's the it's pri or sepri is referring to that. So the etrog represents oneness. The God represents oneness over here. So hence it, it also atones for the, for idolatry. Where is this, where, when, when I say the heart, it really means the thoughts of the heart. The, the, I don't want to say desires because it's not the word I'm looking for, but it's, think about it, the desires of the heart. So, okay, so, okay, so let's go back to where we, uh, where, we, where we left off. You have the heart, which is the etrog, which is uh, coming to fix everything that's in the heart, which is related to specifically to idolatry. Next, you have the spine. The spine is coming to fix immorality. How does a spine relate it to immorality? The Shemi Shmuel actually brings this down, but he brings it down as, as you know, the thing is hamavin yavin, which means is figure it out how this relates to, to immorality. But I'll tell you a little bit uh, uh, more. The, the seed, when a per, when, when the, where does the seed originate? The seed originates from the, from the behind the eyes, from the, on the top of the spine. And then it travels down the spine and then out the organ. So this, the seed goes through the spine. This is why when a good kapara atonement for wasting seed is to, to cry, because it sheds, it's from the same place, it's a one hot drop for another hot drop. So it, it, uh, it atones for that, uh, for that sin. So over here, the lulav atones for the sin of immorality. Then you have the hadas. The hadas is coming to uh, atone for things for the eyes, because again, it looks like eyes, and, and this is specifically for murder. Now, why is it, what does one thing have to do with another? So, generally, where does murder start from? It comes from jealousy. You get jealous of somebody else, or there could be other factors associated, but it really is the jealousy. The jealousy, you get to this, all of a sudden, this, this jealousy, and then, unfortunately, it can lead to uh, murder. Where did that stem from? That stems from the eye. You look at things that you're not supposed to. You get the jealous, and then it leads to murder. Now, 
if you realize there are three things that are yareg the aliyavol. There are three things that you're not allowed to do if somebody points a gun to your head and say you do this or I'm going to kill you. Every sin in the Torah you're allowed to do, but uh, there's certain criteria for that as well. But there's three of them that you have to die rather than do, and those are these three things: idolatry, immorality, and murder. You better it's it's better to die than to actually violate these three things. The lips. Put this on the side. We're gonna we're gonna plug this in all together. Right now, we're just going through the chart. The lips are coming to atone for evil speech. Again, lashonara things that are coming uh, from the uh, from the mouth. So now, this each is coming to fix that. Now, how does how does etrog come to fix idolatry? How does ulav come to check up with immorality? So, let's go on how they fix it. The, let's start with the etrog. The etrog it says. Um, it says like this. It says in Shema, "Hishamru lachem peniftele vavachem v'saltem vavadatem elokim achrim." Which means that the translation is: It says, "Guard, um, guard yourself. Well, you'll be seduced by your heart. Levavachem peniftele. You'll be seduced by what? By your heart. And what? V'saltem vavadatem elokim achrim. And you'll be seduced, and you'll go and you'll worship other gods. So, what do you have to protect in order to prevent yourself from being worshipped to worship other gods? You have to protect your heart. So, the heart is what it protects from from idolatry. How do you how do you get that? Very simple. You do Torah and good deeds. You're going to come and you're going to overcome this uh, this scenario. Let's go on to the lulav. It says in the Gemara Kedushim, the page thirty B, that says Barati Barati Torah Tavdin. I created. God says I created the evil inclination, but as a counter, I created the Torah. Which means is that if somebody's overcome by temptation, they suddenly have this this desire to sin. What is one of the best things that they could do? Go and learn Torah. Because that will calm down your temptation, and you'll be able to go and, uh, and, and, and pass that test of the temptation. So, if you're overcome by immorality, how do you get out of it? By Torah. We just said, I created Torah, I created the evil inclination. So if you want to get out of the, the, the immorality, you go and you learn Torah. Let us look at the Hadassim. The Hadassim, so you have over here, the, um, we said that it's, it's I, it's jealousy, it's murder. How, why do where do where do uh, uh, jealousy comes from? Jealousy comes, stems from from you being a separate entity of somebody else. Which means this: if you and your friend, another Jew, you realize that you're really one, you won't be jealous of somebody else because it's like your right hand doesn't get jealous of your left hand. It's like oh, you can lift more on this hand because of this one. It'd be like I hate you. I can't believe it. I hope you. No, you don't care. It's all part of the same unit, the same the same family. If you think like that, jealousy would cease to exist. It'd be like why would I care if this guy is driving a Lamborghini and this guy is driving uh, whatever I don't know a Volt. You know I don't I don't want to you know something that no one drives um, Oldsmobile. Yeah, I don't think that exists anymore. Okay, so why would one person, why would, if you're the same family, you don't really get jealous because we're all part of the same thing. So where does it stem from? It stems from, from viewing other, from viewing yourself as a, as a separate entity. That is why one of the criteria, and this is actually a very important criteria when you're buying the Hadassim, is that you have to look that all the leaves, there's three, it branches from three, from three leaves. The three leaves have to stem from the same, same, uh, same, uh, line basically. They all have to come from the same thing, and if it's one off, that's not good. That's not a mehudal. So, why is it all have to, because if we're all looking at ourselves as one, then we're all starting from the same point, and there's no jealousy. There's no jealousy. You get and you fix the the um, the issue of evil eye, which is jealousy, which leads to murder, which um, is done by the hadas. Okay. Now you have the lashonara, the lashonara, which is the aravot, that's evil speech that's represents by the lips. How, why do people speak lashonara? Like, how does it come? So there's uh, many reasons, but generally, when you have nothing else good to speak about, you start speaking about people, people that are busy in business, or they're busy in learning Torah, or they're they're busy. 
They don't have time to sit and chit-chat about like, oh, you know, like who's the new baby in the celebrity? And what, they named him Blue Ribbon or whatever. Or the, I don't know, the, you know, Mountain Fountain. Uh, you know, all these, you know, like, oh, you know, <coughs> Blue and whatever it is. I, I remember something blue and something. Uh, but you don't have time to speak about other people because you're too involved and busy with your own situation. So people that are empty, uh, and, and this is something that, that you know, I could go on for a while on this because nowadays there's a there's an epidemic there's a, a very big problem that everybody i need to chill it's like uh it's like part of the day it's like i do this i work and then i chill the chill usually takes up the majority of the day it's like what do you do it's like no i'm chilling what does that mean chilling like doing nothing usually i'm like this is so unproductive i'm like i understand you gotta unwind but like people chill for like five hours i'm like it's it, sometimes it's it's goes away from being a hobby to becoming you. This is who you are. You're like a loser. Uh, you know, I guess we could say it like that. So if somebody's sitting there and chilling for five, six hours at a time, what are they going to speak about? Obviously, something's going to come with Lashon Ra. But what, how, so how do you overcome it? You have to get yourself busy. It doesn't have anything. No no, uh, no good deeds, no Torah. If you get yourself busy, the Aravot has nothing. No good. Uh, if you get yourself busy with Torah and, and good deeds, then you're not going to have the time to speak Lashon Ra. You're not have the ability to Lashon Ra, and hence you're going to overcome the... Um, the, the sin of, of evil inclination. And this is very interesting because the Shem Ishmael says that, you know, there, the, each of these represent, we're in four exiles. Each of these represents another exile. Right now we're in the exile of Sinat Chinam. We don't have, uh, we're at baseless hatred. And that is represented by the evil speech. So this, you know, when you, when you're overcome by, by a test, you always have the ability to grow. So when we were came and we were put into all these exiles, we had the ability to overcome it and, and grow from that. So this is a, a um, an ability, you know, this is an idea of which where we're supposed to do and what we're supposed to grow. So now the question is like this. So we have all these things. So let's go. Let's let's do like a like a very quick recap over here. So we have the toy which has a, a taste and a smell. This is represents by the heart and overcomes the sin of idolatry. You have the lulav which has just a taste, and this is coming to atone for the spine which we said was immorality. How do you overcome that again by learning Torah? You have the Hadassim, which just have good deeds. How, oh, we didn't speak about this. We skipped this. No one reminded me. Hadassim, you have good deeds, how do you, which is represented by the eye. How do you overcome, how do you overcome the, the which is also really, re, results in the murder? This is something very interesting, because when we speak about eye, and this I really should have wrote evil eye over here. When you speak about um, somebody who has evil eye, how do you, what is one way to prevent yourself from getting an evil eye? Is from doing a lot of chesed. For keep on doing kindness. Now why is it that doing kindness for others helps you prevent for, for evil eye? And the answer is because when you're, when you're a person that does so much for the community, does so much for other people, and people see that you're blessed and you have a lot, they'll be like, you know what? He deserves it. He does so much. You don't, you don't have that feeling like, oh, why does he have it or not? But no, this guy, like, you know, he really does a lot of good with his money. So you have the, you reduce the chance of somebody looking bad about, uh, against you. So you want to get, you want to fix your evil eye. Do good deeds because when you do good deeds, other people are going to see it. Other people are going to see it. No one's going to want to put an evil eye on you. And this will also, you're going to solve the, um, you're going to overcome the, t- the thing of murder. And Avarot, we spoke of, uh, uh, Avarot, we spoke about that it comes, that it's, um, that has no smell, no good deeds, and it represents the lips. This is to atone for evil speech. How do you overcome that? Fill yourself with doing good deeds because it doesn't have anything. Do a good deeds and do um, Torah that will be able to overcome it. Okay, so now the question is, why do we shake it? Like, why can't we just like point to it and be like, you know, we do that on Pesach, you know, like this is the mouth. You know, why can't we just point to it? Why do we actually have to go and shake it? So I want to re- share with you something with uh, um, the Shemesh Mu'al. Before we go to that, does this make sense?
I know it's a little bit. If, if I don't think if we didn't have this, we'd be like all over the place. I, it really needs it. And I, if somebody's just listening to the audio, I, you know, it's it's. I understand it's difficult. I have to send that. The, what's it called? It's so beautiful how everything plugs in, but you have to see it. I'm gonna have to take a picture and I'll send it to whoever emails me. Question. Okay. Um, these items. So yeah. Yeah, this is like uh, what we're fixing for it. This is, uh, it's going to help atone for it. Just by doing a mitzvah, you're saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the follow-up question is, does it matter how nice it is? Yes, it does. It's mehudal. I mean, it has to be kosher. It has to be kosher. Uh, the problem is that people don't really know what to look for. You know, you go to the street and be like, you know, could I, you know, it looks nice. There, there, you could have an etog that looks nice, another etog doesn't look so nice, one of them is completely pasu, another one is completely kosher. So you have to really know what you're looking for, and this is why people, you have, you know, that are, all night the rabbis, and people come to the rabbis, is this kosher, is this not kosher, what, what am I supposed to do over here and over there? Because uh, this is something that it's, you, you need to know what you're looking for, and not everybody knows, it's not so simple um, to know exactly what you're doing. Hmm? Yeah, yeah, I can help you out after, if you want can I ask you? Yeah. Uh, but uh, why the uh, etrog is uh, symbolized idolatry? Because etrog is something. Um, it, it's it's. Uh, we said before it's etzpli or setpli. It's it's bark and it's fruit all taste the same. It listened to God exactly what the, what God said. So it's something that just like it's supposed to be a God is name is one and his name is one is also the same thing. It's also unity. The same idea is with um, is with idolatry. And also this is how you get rid of it through taste and, and good deeds. So a little more about the questions about how nice it has to be. Like the Hadas for example, I remember last time Yonko, but it's not used, it was already Yonko, but can change it. So if it's majority, that's then it's a problem. Maybe at the end, maybe we'll go through really quickly all the halachot. How about that? We have over here, so I could go through really quickly all the halachot and and uh, and. Does it matter how It has to be kosher. I mean, it has to. It can't be brown, dry. It's a big problem, you know, like that. But it, you know, like this, you know, is good. The main, yeah, the main thing. We'll go through at the end exactly what to look for and and, and the love and the talk. Maybe we'll do that. And the water, I don't. Like, so is there any way to protect it during the chag? The the lulav. You're talking about the alavot. You could put it in water. After a while, yeah, in between you can put it in water. Generally, you probably have to go and recycle it, probably get another one, because it turns like, you know, that thing goes out the, the first. We'll see if we actually have a chance to speak about it. But, at the end of the class, we'll go. If we have time, we'll go through all the halakhot really quickly and, um, and how to buy it. Okay, why do we shake it? We have all this nice thing, so it's coming to fix all these nice, uh, you know, things that we need. With the, you know, the the three cardinal sins we have over here, the, all the exiles that we are in. So coming to fix so many things, but why do we need to shake it? So I want to share with you something that Shem Shmuel says in Shavuot. He says like this, he says, he brings a midrash in Shemot Rabbah, that uh, the the luchot were six tfachim long. So one, two, three, four, five, six, or six tfachim long. In two tfachim, God was holding it. Two tfachim... Moshe was holding it, and in the middle there was a gap of of, uh, of two tefachim. So now, every um, every category, either a sin or a mitzvah, is split into or a combination of the following three things: either thought, speech, or action. So, which means is that any mitzvah that you pick or any sin that you pick is either one or a combination of all those. I'm gonna give you some examples. So let's say, for example, thought. You have to you have to believe in God. That's a that's a mitzvah that you do in uh, thought. Again, obviously, if you think about idolatry, it's also a sin in that aspect as well. Uh, do not covet, do not desire somebody else's property. That's also in the thought. Speech, for example, we have the obligation to verbally recall the Shabbat. You have you can't speak lashonara. This is something associated with speech. Action is let's say shaking a lulav. This is a physical thing that you have to do. 
Uh, eating matzah is a physical thing over here that we have to do. Putting on tefillin, a physical thing that we have to do. And again, some of them are combinations. Some of them you make up a, you know, so there's, there's different combinations. But it all boils down to these three things. It boils down to speech, thought, or excuse me, or action. So now, we know that thoughts are not really in a person's control. This is one time I gave a class on uh, meditation. So it was a small, it was years ago, and we actually went through a meditation uh, session, you know, like, a, you know, like clear your mind and put, and what I was able to do is once you have your mind clear, all I need, and I told him like this, I'm going to say a word, try not to think about it. And I would say like a ball of fire rolling down a mountain. And nobody would, like, the second that I said it, right away they pictured it. Like, they couldn't not, when your mind is open, and, and I just, I, I was able to input things into their thoughts with just very little, you know, very little, uh, you know, uh, um, work on my end. All I had to do was say it, you don't have the, you know, I have people that tell me also, you know, they're praying, all of a sudden a bad thought comes into their mind. And they're like, oh, come on, not now. Like, I'm sitting over here, you know, you know like, on a holy day. It's like, it's not what I want to deal with right now. And so we see over here that sometimes you could, your, your thought, you don't want to think about something, but it pops in. And it's something very interesting that says the Shemesh Mold. For your power of your thought, what you could do, you cannot, you could, con, you could bring up any thought you want. But to prevent unwelcome thoughts is very difficult. You cannot prevent unwelcome thoughts from, from coming. And I'll give you a, just right now, think of this, um, a ball of fire just jumping up and down. You know, you, you just think about it already. It's just like it's hard to not think about it. You know, and I could, you, you, we could do anything from like a fish swinging in the ocean. And everyone has a different, you know, vision that pops into the, to your head. So, you have over here thoughts not really in your control. You could try, but it's not really in your control. Then you have uh, speech. Speech is, uh, um, let's, before we get to speech, let's do action. Action is in your control. You can't accidentally murder somebody. Like, oh, I can't believe I stabbed you ten times. You know, like that doesn't, there's no, uh, you know, again, there's accents uh, in, in, in action as well, but you control it. You can decide if you want to shake the lulav, or you can decide if you don't want to shake the lulav. It's not uh, something that you'd be like, well, I tried, and my hands didn't really, you know, assuming you're, you're healthy, you're able to do that. So action in your control. Thought, not in your control. What about speech? Speech is an in-between status. And I can attest to this, you know, like, uh, um, and I'll, I'll show you, you know, let me, let me uh, uh, read you a verse from Mishlet, chapter 16, verse 1. This is, I'll just read it in English. The preparations of the heart belong to man, but the tongue answers from God. Says Rashi over there, that the person arranges the way to speak, but God can make him either stumble over his words, or he can make him have a good reply. And this is, is oh, I, I can prepare a, a class. So amazing, so great. Like this class, I think is going to be so sick. It's going to be unbelievable. But it could come out terrible. Like everyone will be like, what did this guy, I mean, I just saw charts. I have no idea what he spoke about. This is so confusing. I have no idea what's going on. It all depends on, it's, it depends on, it's like, it's like partially God and partially you. So you have, like you can prepare, but God could just like, Mix and match everything, and then, you know, who knows what happens. You know, sometimes, uh, this is a very bad example, because I don't want to promote these things. Somebody, sometimes you're in a uh, fight with somebody. I'm talking about a verbal, whatever it is. And all of a sudden, they say something, and they're like, you're walking away, like, five minutes later, I'd be like, oh, I had such a good comeback. Why didn't I think about this earlier? You know, like, it, it just, like, popped into you afterwards. Or you could say something, and then it comes out bad. So... And sometimes you say something, and then a second that it comes out of your mouth, and be like, "Oh no, what did I just say? Oh no, I feel so bad." You know, and you're like, you're, you know, obviously you're a man, so you can't take it back. And uh, uh, so you, you, uh, you know, so it's it's the idea behind uh, speech. It's partially in control of man and partially not in control of man. So we have here three things. You have thought not in your control, action in your control, speech is like the in between uh, status. You look at Tupsukim after in Mishlei. It says in Mishlei chapter 16 verse 3, it says, commit your affairs to God and your thoughts will be established. Which means is there, this is a such, this, for just this itself, it's worth it to come here today. 
if you want to go and overcome your thoughts, and you want to overcome, which means you don't want to have control in it, what do you need to do? Says the Pasuk Mishlei, if you fix your actions, because everything you have, the ability is your actions. Once you fix your actions, then everything else is going to fall into place. Which means is you do, you fix whatever you need to do in the action thing, then God will give you control of your thoughts and also of your speech as well. And it will prevent from inappropriate thoughts and, and things like that for, from, from coming in. So now, let's look back at why we say why we actually shake the lulav, shake the eshok, shake the adasim and alavot. So we said over here, we're coming to overcome some serious stuff over here. You're talking about the three cardinal sins, the evil speech, the things that we're in exile for. This is the biggest of the biggest. These are serious stuff over here. But how do we overcome it? We have these things. We want to be better. We want to do all this good. We want to overcome. We want to make, we want to purify our heart, our spine, our eye, and our lips. We want to bring that whole circle together. We want to have Torah and good deeds. But how do we do that? The answer is, how do we do that? We said the Pasuk in Mishlei. If you commit your fears to God, if you take care of that action, then everything else will come into place. So how do you overcome this? All you got to do, we got to do what we have to do. And what can we do? We can do action. We can do actionable things. And when we do these action mitzvot, then God is going to give us over the ability to overcome all these sins um, and all these, uh, you know, for the positive aspect as well. So far so good? Exciting, no? So I was, when I was preparing this, I got up to here, and I'm like, this is awesome. And then I went like an, you know, an, you know, like a, like a mad scientist spray, which I was like, I'm like, four things. I'm like, there's so much four things. Like, there's so much three things. Like, I, I started pulling things from everywhere. So, the reason why I'm telling you this now, is the, the thing that I'm going from now, and that's why you see the double dotted line, from here down, this is my put together that I put in. So I, this, I, I, I started this today. So, my thought process is not full over here. I want to share it with you. I, it's it's a nice thing. Can can I say like, it's all sourced. I'm not, I'm trying to explain what what I mean. It's all sourced, but I'm you know how it's going to plug in. You're going to see what I. This is like something cute and nice that I did. I think it's true, but it's my own kiddushin. So I hope that it uh, you'll be able to uh, um, follow along and be able to uh, uh, gain something from it. Okay. So, but before we go further, we have to be clear on what we have so far. It makes sense. I think it's pretty simple, right? Straightforward. Good. Okay. So there there's a mishnah in Pirkei Avot. And the Mishnah in Pirkei Avot says like this. It says that in its chapter, in the fourth chapter of Pirkei Avot, it says there are three things that remove a person from this world. Kinat, um, you know, let me just say it in English. There's honor, desire, and jealousy remove a person from this world. If a person goes and, and chases these three, um, you know, physical things, it removes a person from 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 this world. And literally, it says in a physical sense, this is what the the, the angel of death. How does he take you? How does he take the soul out from these particular uh, types of sins? So you have your honor, desire, and jealousy. Honor. We said it, we're, we're going to put it under the category of etog. Why under the category of etog? Because we said etog is representing idolatry. It says that if somebody gets angry, what does that count? That counts as if he served idols. Why does that count as serve idols? We brought this before, but just to understand it. Because if you go and you get angry at somebody else, you're basically saying that, that, you know, God didn't orchestrate this. This is all this person messed up against me, and I'm upset at this person. He cut me off, and he's gonna pay. And you have this anger on somebody else, which means is that you don't believe that God orchestrated it. Because if you believe God orchestrated it, it's just part of the script. He's just, he's just following the script. What, are you going to get angry at the director? No, it's part of the, this is the way the play was written. This is the way the movie was written. So by you getting angry on somebody else, that shows that you don't believe in God. You don't believe in God. That's idolatry. So we see over here that it all goes and falls under the category of honor. Desire, this is pretty self-explanatory. We spoke about immorality, the lulav, the, the, which is the represents the spine, which is uh, immorality. This is representing by the, by the, by the ta'ava, the desire in these three things. And the final thing, which is, we're, we're only gonna do three for a while and you'll soon see why. The hadas 
is going and, and going over jealousy. And this is all, also pretty self-explanatory because we spoke about it, the evil eye. The, you know, if somebody goes, how does somebody come into murder? Someone goes and sees something that he does, that he wants. And he goes and how does he act upon that? And that could unfortunately lead to murder. And what is that? So that's basically jealousy. So we see these three things correspond to the Torah, Lulav, and Hadassim. Good? I'm going to say every line that we're going to go, I'm going to say good. And if you don't understand it, stop me because we have to explain it because it's, it's, uh, just so much more beautiful this way. Okay. Now, the next line that I'm speaking about over here is there's a Mishnah in Pelkei Avot, in the fifth chapter in Pelkei Avot, that says there are three things that you're going to be doing that you will be a student of Avraham. And there are three things that if you do, you'll be a student of Bilam. What, how do you be a student of, of Avraham? It's very interesting because it doesn't say learn his books, you know, and then you're a student of Avraham. It says if you act like him, then you're a student of Avraham. If you act like Bilam, you're a student of Bilam. So the first one is uh, Bilam that we're going to speak about. There are three things that if you do, you're considered a student of Bilam. What are those three things? You're arrogant. If you're an arrogant, if you have a greedy soul, greedy soul means you're always chasing desire. And if you have an evil eye, you're going after the trait of Bilam. So now let's see how this plugs in. Arrogant, we said is just, is under the category of, uh, you know, idolatry, which is honor, which is arrogant, which is, uh, you know, this is all under that talk. Good. You have over here the Lulav. This we just said, which is, represents the spine, which is immorality, which is your desire to do these sins. And this is what? This is the greedy soul, that you're always chasing after these desires. Okay. That, Can yes. greedy soul also go with jealousy? It could, but it's specifically talking about if you're chasing after desire. Um, and then you have the final thing by, by Bilam is the evil eye. You have an evil eye, this is also something that, that is associated with jealousy, and it leads to murder as well. Okay. Good so far? Okay. Now let's go see the flip side. And if you want to know what, how do you become a student of Abraham, you just reverse everything. So student of Abraham is over here. Same Mishnah Pelkei Avot. If you're humble, you're a student of Abraham. If you have an undemanding soul, you're not chasing after the worldly desires, then you're here. And if you have a good eye, you are, um, you're a student of Abraham. How does this all plug in? That it's exactly the opposite. So the talk is coming to overcome, it's coming to, uh, idolatry. And we said anger is also the same thing as idolatry. How do you overcome that? By humility. Being humble, you're not going to be angry if you're, if you're humble. Undemanding soul, which means you're not chasing after desire, you won't have the problem of the morality, which was we said that the love is represented of. And then you have the good eye, the, um, which is, which is Ein Tova, this is what, then you, if, this is represents by the eyes, the, the Hadassim, the eyes, cause then you're not gonna have a bad eye, you're not gonna be jealous of anybody else, you're not gonna lead to murder, and hence you're gonna have a good eye, this is gonna be the, um, uh, the uh, student of Abraham. Okay. Now, so, Good so far. It does not. Does not blow your mind how this all plugs in. This is just like sick. this is ridiculous. What is opposite to greedy soul? Undemanding soul. So it's not chasing after everything. I know. I apologize. I wrote this, you know, very quickly. So I'm sorry if it's uh, um, not so uh, clear. Wasn't arrogant by keeping the bark and the fruit the same. No, so this is how it fixes it by listening. Yeah, but, but staying humble and not being arrogant like the other fruits that turn made a different. But he did. Right, but he. Oh, you're you're saying pro it or against it? You're asking a question or are you giving proof? The etrog was not arrogant. Right, it didn't. Staying. No, oh, that's a nice little addition. I mean, I didn't. It wasn't uh, my my uh, thought process, but it's a nice. Etrog is supposed to represent humbleness, right? Yeah. Well, we're, the way we're speaking about it over here, yes, it's how you overcome it through the you know, oh, Yeah. Okay. So you have to remember there's there's flip sides. There's the pros in it and the cons in it. So it's the problem of it and then how to fix it. So think of it this way. The third line I could really make, um, you know, like for example, here, how do you fix it? By that. Here, how do you fix it? By that. 
here, how do you fix it? Because you have that, and you don't have anything. So you understand, this is how, this is the fixing line, and how to fix the, that uh, thing. I know, for people that are listening to audio, they're just seeing me fix this and that, and pointing to this and that. It's, it's, this is a difficult class to listen to audio, and I apologize. Um, okay, and the truth is, I could make a good audio, but I would need two hours, and we don't have that time. Um, okay, so now we're up to over, uh, we're up to this here, the third line from the bottom. So now, the, um, so, we, we don't need to do a recap yet. Let's, let's move on. I was thinking if we should do a recap or not. This is good so far, right? We're clear? Pretty simple? Pretty awesome? Your heart's pounding yet hard? No? Okay, good. It's pumping. That's good. Okay, that's even counts, even, uh, you know, in the field. Okay. So, um, there's another Mishnah in Pelkei Avot. This Mishnah in Pelkei Avot is in the third chapter of Pelkei Avot. This says, like this, it says that, you know how to prevent yourself from doing certain sins? There's certain things that you should, that you need to know. You look at where do you come from, where are you going, and who you're giving who are you giving judgment to. Now let's see how this plugs in. Where do you come from? This is this is uh, referring to you're coming from a, the, the Mishnah says you're coming from a future judge, from a smelly you know seed. You're coming from nothing. If you're coming from nothing, and you so then how do you ha- how do you have arrogance? How do you have how do you chase honor? How do you go through with something when you know who you are? You know how to overcome it if you realize where you come from. Where do you come from? You come from you come from nothingness. If you come from nothingness, then it's going to overcome the arrogance and the um, and the idolatry. So the twelve putting on, under that category, right? Where do you where, if you know where you come from, you're not going to go chase after um, idolatry. You're not going to chase after arrogance. You're not going to chase after pride because you will realize uh, you know where you are. The next thing is where you're going. You're going you know six feet under. At the end of the day, you're going six feet under. So if you're going six feet under, what are you going to chase after? All these desires that are only momentarily pleasurable. So it doesn't make any sense. So if you think about where you're going, and that says, the Torah says, if you want to prevent yourself from doing a certain sin, think about the day of death. Because if you think about the day of death, you'd be like, oh no, you know, like it's not worth it. If you think about all these things that are momentarily, you're not going to go um, and do the sin. So this is why the lulav, it's going under that category where you're going, you're not going to go over the temptation of doing immoral acts because you are going to uh, realize and think about where you're going to, uh, which is, you know, six feet under. Next thing is the Hadassim, which says who you're giving your, uh, your judgment to. Who are you going to stand in judgment to at the end of the day? You're going to stand in front of judgment in front of God. You're going to stand in front of... So if you stand in front of, in front of, uh, in front of God, you look at how it works with the evil eye. How does the evil eye work? How come he has it and I don't have it? That's how, what, that, that's how you put evil eye against somebody else. So if you think, like, okay, um, I want something... And he has it. Now, I should have it and not him. You're basically negating the fact that God gave it to him and not to you. So when you realize, when you're sitting in front of God, God's going to be like, don't you realize, I told, I, he needed this. You didn't need it. That's why he has it. That's why you didn't have it. So if you think like that, if you think that he has it for a reason and I have it for my reason, you'll never come to jealousy. You never, and this is what the Hadassim represents. You're never going to come to do this, this, uh, this sin um, of jealousy, which is also going to lead to murder um, and also obviously the evil eye. So this will overcome uh, those these three different, uh, you know, I guess, uh, Mishnayot, Mishnah in Pelkeavot will be able to help you overcome um, the three cardinal sins of idolatry, immorality, and murder. Let me just do a quick recap, not of the full thing, just of what, of like this section right over here. So you have three cardinal sins. You have idolatry, immorality, and murder. Idolatry, we said also is anger. Anger, if you get angry, it's also idolatry. How do you get over, over, uh, overcoming that? By being humble. How do you get to be humble? By knowing where you come from. If you know where you come from, then you realize, I came from nothing, how could I go and be so arrogant? The other, let's go into the next thing, which was which is immorality, it's another uh, cardinal sin. The, uh, this represents the desires of doing sins. So, 
what is this? This is by, by your going and chasing after, after, um, after all the temptations that the world has to offer. But if you're, how do you overcome that? You're going to be overcome that by realize where you're going for. If you realize where you're going, be like, these are things are momentary, pleasurable things. This is not everlasting pleasure. So you're going to be able to overcome the immorality as well. When you look at murder, um, which is really represented by, by evil eye, by the jealousy, why would you, how would you overcome that? By having the good eye. How are you, get, how are you going to get a good eye of being a student of Abraham? By going and realizing who you're giving judgment in front of. If you realize that you're giving judgment in front of God, how could you say, like, oh, you know, how could you ever come to think? How come he had it and I didn't? Because God obviously gave it to him for a specific reason. All-knowing, all-encompassing, powerful uh, God gave it to him and not to you for a particular reason. So when you think about that, you'll be able to overcome murder, immorality, and idolatry. Good? Awesome? Sick? Yes to all. Okay, now let's go take this step a little bit further. But before we go over there, if you realize, I didn't speak about the Alavot. I'm like, what happened to all the Alavot? So, I was looking at, uh, you know, that today, you know, and I was trying to, to see, like, what, how do you fix, you know, evil speech? Like, I have so much stuff over here that I was able to find from, from the Mishnayot and, and Pelkei Avot. Really, this is basically Pelkei Avot. This whole section over here is Pelkei Avot. I was able to get this from Pelkei Avot, but what about nothing for Avot, nothing for evil speech, nothing for Lashon Ara. So, I went and I started looking up on Lashon Ara and listened to what, uh, you know, what I found. So, the Zohar says like this. The Zohar says that the very words that the Satan uses in making accusations against you are the words that you speak about another Jew. So when you speak bad about another Jew, those same words, the Satan is able to go and, and, and make you have, a, you know, a, you know, accusation in front of God in the, in the heavenly court. Which means this, that if you never speak bad about anybody else, the Satan can't speak bad about you. Even if it's true, the even if it's true. So if you never, if you so, if you're so careful in your speech that you never say, this is why the is so important. If you're so careful in your speech, you will never say anything bad against anybody else. And we know everything is measure for measure. Midah connected midah. So if you don't speak bad about anybody else, the Satan can't speak about you. Even though you did sins, he can't get you. You know, okay, when you, everyone has to deal with the sins, it's not, a, you know, you know, he's way out, you still have to do chuba. But the Satan can't prosecute you. So, that's what the Zohar says. The, the Gemara says also, whoever speaks Lashon Ara raises his sins to the heavens. They're also, the Vilna Gohan says like this. I'm going to say, give you a small little tidbit and then you'll see where, where this is going to. The Vilna Gohan says like this. The Chachamim say that good deeds and, and Torah knowledge, again, good deeds and Torah knowledge, cannot offset the damage that one does with one's speech. One, if one has Lashon Ara, if he has tons of Torah and tons of good deeds, it cannot offset that damage. And says the says the Gemara Yerushalmi in Peah says like, says like this in the, right in the beginning. Just as learning Torah equals to all the mitzvahs combined, we know Tamut Torah keneged kulam. All learning Torah is considered com, uh, comparable to all, all the uh, mitzvahs combined. So too speaking lashon hara equals all the sins combined. So we're talking about over here a serious level. We just we're speaking about the three major sins. But now we see over here this guy is coming up. This lashon hara over here is is can can overcome such a serious you know even even greater than idolatry, immorality, and murder. The three cardinal sins, which is why we realize we're in a we're in a uh, exile right now for what sins for sinat chinam. Sinat chinam is based off you know lashon hara. You're speaking of lashon hara. The first Bet HaMikdash was destroyed for these three things. These three things we were able to fix. And we got the Bet HaMikdash back. Seven years, chick-chak, we were able to do it. 
Sinat Chaynam, we had Sinat Chaynam for over two thousand, we're, we're, we're so many thousands of years already that we don't have the Beth HaMikdash because we, we didn't fix it yet. Look at the seriousness of this sin. So what we're doing over here, when we're speaking about the first uh, three things, which is the three cardinal sins, idolatry, immorality, and murder, which we says comes and, and helps with it, that is able to fix it with, uh, with, um, with, with, certain, with certain things that we, we spoke about. But the Aravot is such a, at a high level of a, of a sin that this is something completely, this is something completely on a, on a different, uh, on a different level. That is why this has nothing. No Torah, no good deeds. It has nothing. It's such, it's such an, uh, it's such a, it's such a serious thing. It has like such a low level. How do you fix that? We have to do Torah and good deeds as, um, as well. So now, the, um, the Tanya, right? The first, you know, Lababachar, Lababachar, If you look at the first chapter of Tanya, speaks about the four elements, if I'm not mistaken. It speaks about the four elements, and it, it corresponds to these uh, different, um, uh, you know, sins. So, there's an element, uh, we know the four basic elements, is fire, water, earth, and ear. Fire represents anger and pride. This makes sense, fire, you get all heated up, you get angry, you get, you get prideful. Water is, is represents pleasure. We don't have time to explain it. Generally speaking, uh, um, pleasurable things grow in through water. This is, on, on a Kabbalistic level, water represents pleasure. Earth, is is like a, is is represented by the by the bad character trait of depression. Uh, very you know like earth is like it's like it's very down. Uh, into uh, yeah, and ear is like the nothingness. So now let's see how this all plugs in these four elements into these four things. And again, this is my combination. So that's why I put these two dots over here on top. This is all you know that I was able to you know take from the Shemishmuel from uh, from different sources. But here is something that I'm I, you know I found it very beautiful how it's all plugged in together. Fire, we said, is anger and pride. This represents the talk, which is what? Which is against idolatry. Idolatry is the anger. When you get angry at something, it's as if you serve the Vodah Zarah. So this is overcome, this is the, what the fire represents it, before we overcome it. Then we said, Lulav is the immorality. What's the immorality? We said that's water. That's the, that's what, what, everything that goes, that's a pleasurable, uh, part of, the, of, the, of the water. Then we said the Hadassim. The Hadassim is the eye, the, 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 the evil eye, the murder. What does that come from? Depression. Why is that depression? Because when you look at some, why, why does a majority of people depressed? Because they feel they didn't accomplish as much as the other person that got accomplished. Like, again, there's chemical imbalances. It, why do people get depressed? They, people feel down. We feel like, you know, okay, this person has so much more than me. This person has so much more. It brings the person down. It brings the person down a little bit. And that's uh, one of the sources of depression. Ear is the speech, is nothing. When you speak, it's that's ear. That's lush, this is what it represents by Lashon Arab. Um, and that's the ear that we're speaking about, and that's why it's under the Arabot. So Arabot we put under ear, Hadassim is under earth, Lulav is under water, and Etrog is under fire. Now, this is something very interesting, if you ever realize, um, on, on particularly like the earth, the earth, which we said is depression, which we put under Hadass, why is it, is, you know, you guys are familiar with the story of Nachumish Gamzu, I think we spoke about it in Rabbi Akiva classes. Nachumish Gamzu, was, what, what, his name was Nachum, and Ish Gamzu, his name was Ish, why Gamzu? Because he used to say Gamzu Latova. Everything that God does is for the best. He was, that was his, that was like, he, he was known for it. He was known for like, everything God does is for the best. That was his, uh, that was his motto. That was his, uh, um, you know, put that, that was a bumper sticker on the donkey. You know, that was like, everything God does is for the best. So, the, you know, if you, if you remember the story, he was traveling with, 
to the king to give a bunch of riches of diamonds and jewels to try to appease the king for the Jews. What happened? He stopped in the middle of a uh, he stopped in the middle of an inn. The innkeeper he was was holding the treasure chest for him. He saw that he had all these diamonds, these jewels. So what did he do? He took out all the diamonds and jewels and placed dirt in it. He placed earth in it. And afterwards he went in and he went and he brought it to the king. The king got really upset. And Leon Aviv said came and he said no, this is a special earth. This is an earth from from Avraham Avinu that if the, the king had a very hard time overcoming his enemies at that point in a particular war. He says if you take this to the front lines and you throw the dirt at them, each grain of sand is going to turn to a missile, an arrow, a knife, a spear. So it's going to be able to overcome the, t- the enemy. So the king says, really? And he went and he tried it and it turned out that it was. As soon as the king threw it, a miracle happened that every grain of sand turned into like these missiles and he was able to overcome his enemies that he was battling on for so long and he couldn't overcome it. When he came back from the war, he went and rewarded uh, Nachum Gamzu. Which is something very interesting because when you're always thinking that everything is for the best, you're always happy. You're never going to be upset. You're never going to be jealous. You're never going to have an evil eye. You're never going to come to murder. Why? Because everything God does is for the best. This is why, specifically, that we can say maybe that the, the particularly the earth, which represents depression, was what Nachomish Gams with a miracle that came about it. Because this is something that he didn't have. The, the, there was no depression. You can be depressed if you, if you believe that everything that God does is for the best. And it's something very beautiful. Maybe we could say why Nachomish Gams, particularly his, his Yeshua, came from, from earth. Okay, so now, we'll get up to the final line. So now, and then we're going to have to do a, like a quick recap. So, this is something very interesting. There are four things that you have to go and give a special gratitude towards, uh, toward, to God. Um, and it's an acronym of Chaim. But, uh, for example, Yisurim. If somebody, and it's represented by Yisurim, Yam, Midbar, and Chavush, which is captivity, which I'll explain. So Yisurim is illness. Somebody comes uh, out of a serious illnesses, illness, they go and they, um, they have to give special thanks to God. If they cross a sea, you give special thanks to God. If you if you cross a desert, also give special thanks to God. And if you get through captivity, also, and you get out of it in jail, you also give special thanks to God. It's very interesting because you look at illness. Illness represents by fire. You get sick, you get fever, you get the, the illness is, is represented by the fire, which uh, which is you know under the category over here of a talk. The sea, which is crossing over water. The desert is filled with earth, um, and the captivity. This is the this is the one you know. Uh, you could you can you can ruin so much by your mouth that you can get yourself into such trouble just by you know getting yourself into such captivity by just using your mouth. So we see over here how everything here plugs into it. You know this is this should be mind blowing. Let's go do a quick recap of what we uh, what we just spoke about. This class, by the way, can either have been like like way over and like got like nothing. And I apologize if you know, especially someone's listening online. I know this is a class that it's very difficult to listen to online. If you did, if you know. I, I hope I came out clear. It's a very difficult concept. Not because it's hard, but just because you have to follow along so many things. So let's do a quick recap, and hopefully we'll be able to plug in um, as much as we can do. And if you didn't get any of it, as long as you got the first half of the shoe. That is the main, that was the main part of it. So we said we have four, uh, we have four species. You have the etlog, the lulav, the hadassim, and the aravot. We said that each one represents if it has, uh, you know, Torah or good deeds. And we said very simple, if it has taste, then it is represented by Torah. If it has smell, it has good deeds. Etog has both taste and good deeds. Uh, Lulav has just taste, uh, which is just Torah, and Hadassim has just good deeds. Aravot have nothing. So we said also that Etog is coming to atone the heart. It's coming to fix everything impure that happened in the heart. The Lulav is coming to fix everything impure that happened with the spine. Again, it looks like a spine. The Hadassim, it looks like the eyes, coming to atone everything for the eyes, and the Aravot is coming to atone for everything with the, um, with the lips. Let me zoom it in for the camera so they can actually see this thing. Why does spider represent the murder? Uh, you came in late. I'll tell you afterwards. 
Actually, no, I'll tell you. Uh, well, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll go through it. Yeah, we'll go through it afterwards. So, um, the, the spot, right. So then we have over here the. I feel like this is bad. Okay. So you have over here, we said the, the heart, the spine, the eye, and the lips. The heart is coming to atone for which, which particular sin? Which is idolatry. This is also, you get a sin just for thinking about idolatry. Um, that is coming to atone for that. The rulav, which is the spine, which is coming to atone for immorality. How do you overcome that? By doing Torah. If you have, if you overcome by temptation with the, with the sin of immorality, which is represented by the rulav of the spine, you have to do what the rulav has, which is what? Only, only, it only has taste, which is the Torah. Then you have the adas. The Adas that only has a good deeds. You have the 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 eye, which has been like an, it represents like if you have an evil eye, you're looking at it bad, and that leads to murder, which we already explained. But how do you overcome that? How do you avoid this thing by doing a lot of chesed, which is what the Hadas has? It's just good deeds. If you do a lot of good deeds, no one, you're not going to have this temptation, this thing of having an evil eye, or nobody will have an evil eye on you because everyone's going to love you. You're doing chesed, you're doing for others. And then the Avot represents by the by the lips, and that is evil speech. Why do people have evil speech? Because they don't have no Torah and no good deeds. They have nothing else to do. They sit on the stoop all day and they just chit-chat about nothing, about wasting their life and speaking about other people, which leads to Allah, Allah, one of the greatest sins. Okay. So this was the part, and then we said, why, or let's leave for why we shake it. This is the part that we said, this is based off the Shemish Mul, uh, uh, very heavily off the Shemish Mul. So now, we said the Pirkei Avot. We brought a bunch of things from the Pirkei Avot. These next, this next one, two, three, and four things all come from the Pirkei Avot. We said there are three things that remove a person from this world. Honor, desire, and jealousy remove a person from this world. Now, honor, this is represented by the etol, because this is by idolatry. And we're going to go through um, through uh, these three things of the Pekeavot in one shot. So, if a person has honor, that means they're very arrogant. They're a very arrogant person. An arrogant person, that's considered that, um, you know, you go and you're serving like yourself, you're worshipping yourself, that's Avadazah, that's idolatry, which is what the Etog is representing, you're trying to overcome it. How do you go and you overcome it? If you're like a student of Bilam, which has arrogance, then you're failing it. But if you become a student of Avraham, which is what? Which is humility, you'll be able to overcome it. How do you get humility? Ah, you look at the, ne- the, the next Mishnah in Pekeavot, which says... We know where you come from. If you know, I'm Bata, you know where you came from, from a, from a, from a putrid, smelly drop, you came from nothingness, you won't have the arrogance. And hence, you're going to overcome the, the sin of idolatry, and you'll purify your heart, and you'll be able to serve God with Torah and good deeds. Let's look at Lulav. That was a talk. The Lulav, alright, so we're going to go down those, uh, this, this line over here. So the Lulav, we says, is this desire, immorality, right, the sins of that nature. If you have a greedy soul like Bilam, that you're always chasing after desires, then you're not going to be able to overcome it. But if you have the, if you have the student of Avraham, which is what we have an undemanding soul, which you're not chasing after desire, then you will be able to overcome it because you're not going to be chasing. How do you overcome it? Ah, look at the Mishnah Pelkei Avot. Where are you going? If you know you're going down to, to, to the earth, how could you go and chase after momentary pleasure if you're going down uh, six feet under? So if you have, if you have the idea, the this, the, from the student of Abraham, you will know where you're going, you're gonna have, and you're not gonna chase after the pleasure, you're not gonna chase after the pleasure, you're gonna fix the sin of immorality, and that is represented by the Lulav. How do you do all that? Very simple, you have the Torah. If you overcome with your, if you learn Torah, you're gonna be able to overcome all the temptations of the sins and desire. Good! Good. Hadas. Next. We said Hadas is represented by eye, which is like the eye. And then you have over here, um, we said that it's, it's jealousy. This is fairly simple. It's jealousy. You have an evil eye on somebody else. And why do you get an evil eye on somebody else? You get jealous. You say, how come he has it and I don't? How do you overcome it? If you have an evil eye, then you're a student of Bilam. However, if you're a student of Avraham, then you have a good eye. You, if you have a good eye, you'll never be jealous. You never come into, you're looking where you're not supposed to. You're not going to have a deal with the sin of murder. How do you overcome it? Let's look at Mishnah Pelkei Avot. 
Where, who are you going to be giving judgment in front of? Who are you going to give in front of God? God, how can you be jealous of somebody else where God, when you know that God gave you everything? If God gave you something and him, and him something else, then there's no jealousy. You'll, you'll feel like everything that God does will be for the best, which is soon we're going to see by Nachal Mishganzu. So that is on that, uh, on that line. Let us go, um, let us go further over here to, um, the four elements. So we have over here fire. Fire represents by anger, by pride, by the arrogance and the honor that we're chasing from the, that trying to overcome from the talk. If you're able to overcome that, you clean that element. If you go, and then we go to the lulav. The lulav, which says, comes from water, which is what? Which is pleasure. You're able to clean that, you'll be able to ca- take care of that element as well. We said earth represents depression, which is the hadasim. The, um, because if you're going and if you always have happiness for somebody else, you won't have the eye. You look at, careful what you watch. If you're always happy with what you have, you'll be a happier person. And hence, you won't come to the depression, you won't come to the problem of earth, which we brought with the story with Nachum Ish Gamzu. And finally, um, we said ear, ears represents nothing, which is the, um, the Avot, which is, um, which is Lashonah, speaking ears, speaking like nothing come, nothing comes out. And then we finished off with the three, the four things that you have to thank God for. Now, this is very nice because I mean it, it all plugs in, you know, the the illness is fire because we said the sea and the water and the, the earth and the desert and the captivity and the air, very nice. But if you think about it, why are we have why we have this this uh, um, this you know now uh this Mansan Khatenu. So we said that what do we do? How do we overcome all this? It's very nice and dandy, I told you this, but we have only one thing that we could overcome. How do we do that? By action. By doing your actions. You know why we shake the lulav in the talk? Because we're overcoming all, we're, we're fixing ourselves with everything that this lulav, the four species, the lulav, the adasim, the arabot, and the talk represent. We're fixing within ourselves and we're bringing ourselves to, you, create, you know what the high level you can bring yourself in from, from just shaking and the proper thing? Now you can realize maybe why people go so crazy over getting such a beautiful set. Because look what it represents. This is the foundation. This is everything. You could do everything with this. But there's something even greater than that. We know, we spoke, we spoke about over here the last, the, the acronym Chaim, the things that you have to go and overcome, um, when you, when you pass something, you have to go give thanks to God, a special thanks to God. We know that we just came out of Yom Kippur. So, we're, you know, there's, there's, uh, things that we're hoping to overcome. One of the, and I'll give you an example like this. You know why we, one of the reasons why we go to a sukkah right after Yom Kippur? Because let's say we were decreed that we should go into exile, we should lose, you know, our home, God forbid, or anything bad that happens. What we do is we leave the home. We leave the home to sort of try to like, okay, so it already counts as if the, we fulfilled the, the, um, the decree. And we know, like we said, for example, there was once a woman who cursed the, the big rabbi, that your chair should be overturned, which means that she either should lose her position or she should have a, you know, a death in the family. So what did the students do? They actually overturned the chair. So it counts as if you went and, you, uh, um, and, and the decree was already partially fulfilled. So we leave our houses in case we needed to go to exile because it was decreed, let it be already fulfilled. In, in the, um, in, and leaving the, in leaving the house. So maybe that's why we could say the, these four things, the, the Chaim, the Yisurim, the Yam, the Midbar, and the Chovesh, the things that we're trying to overcome, which is represented by the, we said, by the Etrog, the Lulav, the Hadas, and Arabot. Why, how is it, you're, maybe, God forbid, right after Yom Kippur, you were decreed for having one of these bad things. By going this, maybe we could overcome it, and not go and deal with that, uh, with that unfortunate major I- issues that we need to, uh, uh, deal with. So, with all this together, we're coming and we're, we're, we're beautifying it. This is why we're going, and particularly we're going to the, to the beauty of this, um, of this, of this mitzvah, the hidul, people go so particular over it, because you could, it's, it's ridiculous what you could, you could accomplish over here, what it represents. It's un, unfathomable. Any questions? No questions? It was difficult. You understood it? As you run down the list, it got sicker and sicker. It got, right? It's, yeah. it's unbelievable. I'm like, my, my mind is like, blown. Yeah, I'll do over the halacha, but is the, the Hebrew class starting? Who's giving the Hebrew class? Nobody? Okay, so we'll go, we'll go over, um, but any questions on, on this? You're giving the Hebrew class?
You're giving the class, so he's giving the class. I'll do it now. I'll, I'll step with you outside and we'll, we'll do it. Any questions on this? Is it clear? I'm going to take a picture of this. I, you know, I apologize. This, I, I tried to have my classes that you can able to follow along without, um, you know, without having to concentrate so much. Because when most people listen to this, on, you know, online is, you know, they're driving to this or doing that. Very, this is a class that you really have to focus. So if anybody's listening to it, you didn't get it. I'm Lena. They're going to take a picture of this. Email me um, from Tor anytime, and I'll be able to uh, send you this. Or at least you'll be able to get a little bit of a better, better understanding of it. Bezat Hashem, maybe we are able to actually complete this mitzvah of the four species. Be able to go and accomplish this to the mudar, the hidul that we could, that the highest level that we could possibly do it. Cleanse everything on this and more. And Bezat Hashem, may we bring Mashiach Aminu. Thank you very much. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.